0: And we're going to meet Jethro today. And that's not Jethro Bodine from the Beverly Hillbillies. That's, that is the real Jethro. He is the father-in-law Moses, and he's going to come. He is a man of respect and someone of honor, and he's going to come and bring Moses, his wife, Zipporah, and his two sons who he had while Moses lived in Midian, lived with Jethro after he escaped out of Egypt. And really what happened in Egypt was a failure of leadership. It was a failure, a character failure. He allowed his emotions, his anger to get in the way of God's plan for him. And in many ways, God had to take him out into the wilderness and let him spend 40 years mellowing him and allowing him to learn and to grow as a man and as a person before he sent him back into Egypt. Now, during that time period, Moses beat himself up a whole lot. And he realized the depth of his failures. You can see that in his life and understanding leadership and just, just walking in leadership positions throughout my life. I understand the difficulty, the real difficulty of learning how to be a good leader. So many people say that everybody can be a leader. I would say two things to that. First of all, not everybody wants to be a leader. Not everybody has the gifting of being a leader, and not everybody is bent toward that. And trying to force someone to be a leader who does not want to be a leader is wrong. It's wrong. It's uh, it's trying to force somebody to do something that God didn't make them to do. And so many times we want to force people that we like into leadership positions rather than allowing them to be who they need to be in this world, in, in life, allowing them to use their giftings and allowing them to be fulfilled. Because leadership is just one of the spiritual gifts. It's just one of them. And so many people want to push that everyone's a leader. That's just not the case. Everyone has some ability to lead, but the truth is leadership is a gift. Leadership is a talent in the world, but it's also a spiritual gift. And it's not something that that we should take lightly, and it's not something that we should use as common. Every spiritual gift's important, and when we make them common— And when I say make them common, when we make them where everybody's got them and we ought to all operate in them, what we're doing is we're saying that spiritual gifts are just something that everybody's got and it's no big deal. That's not the truth, and it's not the best way to look at life, and it's not the best way to look at your walk with God in this world. Leadership is one of those gifts. Quite obviously, Moses was raised to be a leader. He was raised in Pharaoh's household. He was a general in Pharaoh's army. He was a builder for Pharaoh, he was an important man in in Egypt, and he was an important man in Pharaoh's leadership and in his household, and Moses was a young man, And oftentimes, young men can be rash and can be, they allow their emotions to rule them rather than allow wisdom to rule them. That's the same of young women also. A lot of times, they they allow their emotions to rule them and don't allow the wisdom that God gives them to rule them. That's true of both sexes, and it's important to, to know that and to understand that doesn't mean that we don't allow young people to be leaders, but that also doesn't mean that we just promote young people to leadership who are not ready and not prepared because it can be very devastating to fail in leadership it is it really is very devastating to fail in a leadership position it can set you back for years if not decades for most is it setting back for decades it really did he escaped out of egypt because he let his anger burn against him and he he killed pharaoh's builder and once he did that he was he was it was time for him to go he was a stench in pharaoh's nostrils he was somebody that that pharaoh didn't want him around and, and so he went out in the wilderness. He escaped into the wilderness. And because he had all those skills, all those abilities, uh, the warrior abilities, the learn, he'd been trained in the arts of fighting, and he'd been trained in the art of leadership, and he'd been trained to, to make good business decisions and to take care of things that were not owned by him. It made him an asset. And so when he come up, comes upon Jethro's daughters in Midian, uh, we learned from earlier in Exodus that uh, Jethro took him in because he drove off other shepherds who were trying to uh, take the water from Jethro's daughters who were shepherds out in the field. And Jethro offered him uh, offered him one of his daughters so that he could be a part of his family. And he allowed him into the family. I want you to notice in verse 18, it says, and Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, which means that Jethro was a man that uh, was Someone of importance, someone who had a major leadership position. He was the priest of Midian, meaning he was one of the main leaders in the area or the nation of Midian, and he was somebody of respect, somebody to be honored. He was somebody for Moses to learn more leadership from. And you go, why are you focused on leadership? Moses has to be a leader because he has to go in and be a deliverer. And then he has to lead God's people. And that's what this chapter is about. Jethro is going to be a help to him about leadership. Now, one of the main principles of leadership is you've got to learn to be a leader with your people. And I can't say that enough because so many people want to be a leader with other people, but they don't want to be a leader with their people. And it's important that you're a leader with your family, with the people that are around you, the people that God has placed right there in front of you. Leadership with those people are important because those are the most intimate of relationships. How can you leave people who you don't have near as close a relationship with if you can't leave the people who are closest to you? And uh, Jethro understood that family not only teaches men and women how to be in charge, how to care for others, how to have concern for someone beyond yourself, but the family dynamic is a powerful dynamic to learn how to nurture, grow, and take care of other people. And Moses was leading, the Bible describes it as at least 600,000 men with their families. So you can imagine, you can just count out how many that probably was, likely in the three to four million people range. That is a lot of people that Moses all of a sudden was in charge of, and all of a sudden was the leader of. And the only people that we see that are helping him are Miriam and Aaron, his brother and sister, and this young man named Joshua. Oftentimes, when you're reading scripture, those are the people, the only people you really see. And so what does Jethro do when Moses has all these people to lead? Adds to the number, but he importantly adds to the number. Well, why does he do that? Your family moderates your, you. Your family allows you to understand the importance of caring beyond yourself. Your family, and especially your spouse, allows you to learn how to be self-sacrificial. And let me say this about a leader. A good leader, a strong leader, cares about the people he leads more than oftentimes they care about themselves. A great leader understands his people, and he leads them better than they can lead themselves oftentimes. And that's why they're oftentimes searching for a leader. And so understanding the dynamic of giving 100% of yourself to someone else in a spouse is an important lesson of leadership. It It is what I call a foundational or a fundamental lesson of leadership. If you don't care for the people you're leading beyond what they can do for you, let me say this, you will be very limited And you will only get out of them as far as their efforts, the degree to which you care about them. That's all that will, that is going to be a limit. Now, you can drive people, you can try to enslave people, but the truth is, you cannot force people to do beyond what they'll do. You'll constantly spin your wheels and you'll constantly be in a position where people don't want to be under your leadership and in your charge. And uh, we see that so many times. By the way, leading people in the church is the most, uh, it's the most difficult. It's the most exciting. It's the most, uh, I guess the way to say it is, it's the most perplexing leadership responsibility you can have. Because when you're leading people who are not affiliated you by, affiliated with you by family or job, they don't owe You don't, uh, you're not taking care of some aspect of their life where they need you. You are just someone who they look up to and they find wisdom and guidance from, and they can go or come if they want to, which happens in the church. They can be a part of your church or they not be a part of your church. That is a, that's a true test of leadership. And those who, those who want to be leaders in the church must be the best of leaders. They must be the ones who will sit down and really evaluate what it takes and what is required to lead. And let me tell you something, leadership at its core cannot be selfish. If you understand the leadership of Jesus, selflessness has to be the beginning and the starting point of leadership. So what did Jethro do? He brought his family. He said, uh, He said. it says, Moses' father-in-law heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and that the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. Then Jeth- Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Sipporah, Moses' wife, after he sent her back with her two sons, of whom the name was Gershon, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. Notice, his firstborn son he named, I've been a stranger in a foreign land. That speaks to Moses' failure in leadership. That name says, I'm here in this land and I'm separated. I'm not where I thought I would be. I'm, I've not arrived yet. I think that is an interesting name. It's not, look at the place God's given me. Not, it's not, what a wonderful firstborn son I have. The name is, I'm a stranger in a foreign land. And that really speaks to Moses' thought process when he was driven out of Egypt. And then it says, and the name of his other was Eleazar, for he said, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Notice, as his second son comes along, he's all of a sudden realizing that God's hand's still on him and that God has delivered him to this place so that he can become who he should be, not who he was when he was Egypt, in Egypt. He is, he is beginning to allow the grace of God and the plan of God to take root in his heart. And so, even in the name of naming of his sons, you can see the process God is using in Midian to prepare Moses for this great responsibility of leadership. I think if you are a person who has the gift of leadership, if you're a person that you know God is called to lead people. And to lead God's people, whether that be in a senior pastor role or whether it be a pastor on staff of a church or an elder somewhere or for Baptist and assembly of God, a deacon. Whatever role of leadership that you're going to play in the church, whether it be leaders of the children's ministry or the women's ministry or the food food closet or the clothes closet, there's all play, all kinds of places of leadership in worship. Worship leadership is a very important and powerful dynamic. All these leadership positions that God places us in, he prepares us for. And when you look back over your life, you can see God making sure that you're put in the right position so that you can learn how to lead. Well, Moses is in this process, even in the naming of his sons, you can begin to see him beginning to come to terms with his failure of leadership, and being prepared for his next opportunity in leadership. Now, there's an important principle to understand when you you look back on your life and you say, I've had failures in leadership, and I feel maybe I'm just such a failure, God's never going to use me again. I'm going to tell you that cannot and is not true. If you're called to be a, a a person who who gives and encourages, then even though you may have gotten down in the dump, got depressed, and stopped encouraging people and quit operating in your gift, the gift didn't go away. If you've been given the gift of giving and uh, you became selfish and self-centered and you stopped giving to those who are, have need, you can you can. <clears throat> You, the gift's not gone away. It's not uh, taken away. And you go, Pastor, how do you know that? Because the Bible says the gift and call of God are irrevocable. Irrevocable is a is a legal term. And to revoke something means to bring it back or to draw it back. Something that's irrevocable, irrevocable is something that cannot be brought back. Once it's given, it can't be taken back. And a gift, by definition, is something that's irrevo- irrevocable. Once you've had an intent to give it, You've delivered it, someone, and they've accepted it. That's a gift. And legally speaking, once you have intent, delivery, and acceptance, then it can't be taken back. You can't say, "I want my gift back." We—that's not how that works. And when we have intent, delivery, and acceptance from God, he, it becomes irrevocable. His call for your life and his gifting for your life is irrevocable. Why? It's obvious. That's an obvious answer. Because God's plan for your life involves his gifting for your life. It involves his call for your life. And so if you could some way put yourself in a position where God revoked his gift and call, he'd revoke his whole purpose for you being. And is that possible? Can I thwart God's purposes with my failures? I don't think I can. I don't think that's possible. If that were possible, we'd all be doomed. But we're not. We're not doomed because we cannot thwart God's purposes with our failures. Our failures may put off God's purposes in our lives. It may cause us to have to be placed in a trailing position again, put in median so that we can learn how to lead again. But our failures in leadership have never ever thwarted God's purposes for us. And if God's purposes remain, then his gift and calling remain. And that means that his gift and calling are irrevocable. And so if you understand that, then you understand if you have the gift of mercy, then just because you haven't been operating in that gift of mercy doesn't mean it doesn't exist anymore. It just means that you had not been doing it. So get to doing it. If you have the gift of works, meaning you you just love to serve in the church and do get, make sure things are happening and getting done in the church, get to work. If you have the gift of prophecy and you have words of wisdom for people and things going on in people's lives and you haven't been telling anybody anything, you've just been keeping it all to yourself, you've been selfish, time to get out there and start giving people words of knowledge and words of understanding about who they are. Same with encouragement. I can go through all the gifts and say, if you haven't been operating in them and now you figured out that your call is irrevocable and you cannot flip the uh, will and the purposes of God in your life by your failures, it's time to get back to work doing what God's called you to do. And just because you failed in them once does not mean that you're going to fail in them permanently. God is refining you and he's refining his gifts in you. So get at it, get to doing it. And what did Jethro do for Moses? He brought his family back to him. And his family is the first place that Moses would have learned to be self-sacrificial in his leadership. And so he does. It says, Jethro's mother, Moses, Moses' father-in-law came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he had encamped at the mountain of God. Now he said to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife, and her two sons with her. Notice, Jethro, I'm sure, would love to have had his grandsons with him forever. I had my granddaughter with me for a couple of days. First time her parents had gone off and had a trip to themselves and got a chance to be alone again and do a little bit of honeymooning and stuff like that. I'm going to tell you, it was tiring to keep her. She's an infant, and she's four months old. But let me tell you something, it was wonderful to keep her. And I'd love to have her right here, right now, today. I would love to have her stay with me forever. But you know what? It's not best for my granddaughter for her to be raised by her grandparents. It's best for my granddaughter to be raised by her mama and daddy. And so I have to be self-sacrificial and not give in to my desires to raise my granddaughter and have her sleep on my chest and feed her bottles and play with her during the day. I have to let her grow up where she should grow up. And that is with her mother and father. And Jethro is a wise man because he is a leader. And he understands that it's best for his grandsons to grow up with their father. It's best for his daughter to live with her husband than for them to be with him. And so you can see, even in Jethro's act of bringing Moses' sons and his daughter to Moses, there is an act of understanding the principles of leadership, understanding the way God's made things, and doing what is best for others and not for himself. Leadership requires someone who understands what is best for others and cares to do those things, even though it might be to their own detriment. I pray that if you, uh, if you want to see God move in your life, that you'll begin to use the giftings God has given you. Leadership is one of those gifts that he gives some. He gives many gifts, and he gives many gifts in different arrangements and different orders and different situations so that you can uniquely operate in them in a way that you can glorify him uniquely. But I would say to you today that if you have the gift of leadership, you've got to learn to care about people beyond yourself, and you've got to care enough to always be there for them and to be in a position where it's not about you, it's always about them. If you do that, you'll learn how to be a great leader in the kingdom of God, and you'll learn how to build the kingdom of God. And there's a special crown for that, for those who take on that role. And I would say to you, if you have the, if you have the gift of leadership, you should chase after it. The gift and call of God are irrevocable. Operate in it and allow God to use it. <laughs>